What up, girlfriend? This is Jessica. This is Riley. And this is Jasmine. And we're your JD3, here to talk all things law school, motherhood, and each other. Even if you aren't a student, you're a storyteller. And we're here to help you unpack this beautiful chaos that is pregnancy, parenthood, and professionalism. So grab your coffee or your wine. Court is in session. You're listening to the Trials and Trimesters podcast. Welcome back to the Trials and Trimesters podcast. Today it's going to be a little bit different because it's just going to be me. This is Riley, by the way, if people didn't know what my voice sounds like. So this is just me this time, but I have my brother and my sister-in-law on the podcast with me because we're going to talk about something that I think a lot of people find a little bit taboo, but they've been gracious enough to let me interview them. So I'll introduce them first and then I will jump into our topic so that people know Logan and Rachel for who they are and not for the reason that they're on the podcast. So Logan, tell me, I know everything about you, but tell, you know, tell the listeners, you know, who you are, what you're doing, your life goals, I guess what animal you would be if you could change into an animal at a will. walrus we'll start we'll start with that <laughs> i want to be a walrus why but. they don't do anything i mean okay so walruses they're very chubby fat animals and you oh. think that they can do nothing in life when in reality they can attack and kill many things so <laughs> oh i don't so i don't like want to kill things like a but, silent killer is yes, what you're yes. trying silent to killer yeah awesome. so anyway how about your real life not your walrus life. Let's go back. <laughs> so putting all walruses aside. So my name is Logan. I am a brother-in-law of Riley. So I'm the brother of Luke, Riley's husband. Grew up in Utah. Currently, right now, I'm pursuing a medical degree. Where I'm, at, bro? I'm going to go to Rocky Vista University. It's a DO medical school that's in St. George, Utah. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you know so, what you want to do? So I've really jumped around a lot with surgery, with lots of different specialties. Right now, I work as a medical assistant um, for a family medicine clinic, and my eyes have really been open to how versatile the field of family medicine is. So okay. I feel like that's something that I want to pursue right now, and I feel like it really aligns with my goals in life of just kind of focusing on the family and and so a family doctor is like PCP, right? Yeah. So Primary I care doc. Know that. I should yeah. probably know that. That's because okay. my husband's. I didn't even realize. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> prim- yeah. Primary care. You have OBs. PCP. Oh, that's family yeah. medicine. Well, family. No, family oh. medicine. It's so it's like a huge field. You can you can be partly like help with delivering babies as a family doctor. Mm. So you, you can do a lot of things in family medicine. It's like one That's of the most cool. wide-reaching primary care specialties that exist. So it's yeah. really cool. You'd be really good at it. There are really cool fields, though, in medicine. Right. So. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Logan. Mm-hmm. I, appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you being on this podcast. Of course. And Rachel, your beautiful wife. <laughs> Not my beautiful wife. Logan's beautiful yes, wife. Yes, mine. <laughs> mine. She's my wife. <laughs> animal that you could be if you could change into any animal at will what would you be well probably a penguin (laughs) that's right i forgot you love penguins yeah yeah. you know it's really sad i don't know my penguins very well okay (laughs) do you want to be an empire penguin because those are huge those are the biggest no the biggest ones okay no do you want to be one of the ones that lives in south africa because those are tiny or, and cute. Or in Argentina. Or Argentina. There's a part Maybe of Argentina. South Africa. That'd be cool. That sounds nice. Yeah. But I love penguins. Just I feel like they're really close in their families. And, That's true. And the males, you know, take care of the baby. Are you guys recording right now? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about this. That's you want to okay. sit in your like, Oh, I want to come hang out. Oh. That sounds like they're having a lot of fun. Oh, sorry. Why don't you come sit with us and be in it? Okay. Yeah. This will probably be in the podcast, by the way. Is it supposed to be video? So that's how we do it. It just is. It but does we help. only use the audio. It, it does help for me to see myself. Yeah. I do. I it's do nice, it. huh? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'll just sit over here. I'm pretty sure walruses kill penguins, but I mean, what penguins are pretty cool. What the heck? Also. What 
I don't think they're not. Do they not live on the same continent? No, but I don't think that they eat things. Yeah, bigger than fish. No, yeah. no, I'm pretty sure walruses eat seals. No, I swear they, they do. do. No, I swear they do. No, uh, walrus. Uh, you know what? Bet. What do walruses eat? Just look Just it up. Look, I'm looking it up right now. Okay, Rachel, while I do this, why don't you tell us about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I am going to attend the University of Utah's Master of Social Work program this fall. So I'll be in school at the same time as Logan. I'm really passionate about mental health and just helping people learn healthy ways of coping with it because I've had to learn that myself too. So I love that. Still learning. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a process. Mm-hmm. I'm def- I'm still learning too. I have. Okay, and did you say where you're from? I was too oh, sorry. involved with the I'm Walrus from thing. Close to Chicago, Illinois, so Naperville. It's a suburb of Chicago. Also, real quick, walruses eat a wide range of invertebrates, like crustaceans. Penguins are vertebrates, okay? Crustaceans, octopuses, and clams. Okay, you know what? Shoot, man. Wow. That's too bad. All right. Anyway. I, I feel embarrassed. I, embarrassed. I, I should have known more about walruses. I know. It's okay. Did you prepare I for swear, this episode? No. I don't know. <laughs> penguins. So how did you guys meet? Do you want me to say it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we met through friends of friends at a birthday party, actually. Oh, <laughs> like really for a little kid or for one of your friends? No. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like we were four years old. No. Like, um, we went to wheel party. <laughs> no, it was like a college girl's birthday party that we didn't know. Neither of us knew the birthday. Yeah, you should say like girls. I shouldn't say It that. was like a college party. Okay, college party <laughs> where we celebrated a girl's birthday. A girl and who had was a bonfire a party. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cooler. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there was also a bonfire there. Right. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It was a really poppin' party. It was <laughs> Sparks are flying, as Logan likes to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, should we have the whole story? No, probably not. Or we can share the whole story. I mean, that's how we met. I initially was not going to uh, go to this party, but one of my friends, I should say friend girls, she wasn't a girlfriend. But it was a girl that I liked. Um, she invited me to the party, and I was like, uh, okay, I'll just go, I guess. And anyway, I was hoping to maybe hang out with this girl, and then I get to the party, and she starts flirting with all these other guys at the party, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so dumb. Like, <laughs> why did I even come to this stupid party? So frustrated with my life's choices. I jumped into the bonfire. <laughs> I, I jumped in and it was amazing. <laughs> no. So frustrated with um, my decision to come to this party, I just told myself I wanted to get to know other girls. And I just had this feeling deep down, like you have to talk t- with other girls, just, you know, try and befriend other girls and hopefully ask a girl on a date or something <laughs> it was just it was just this is weird it's hard to explain but it was like I think this, I get what you're saying. yeah you get what i'm saying i first talked to this one girl and she was kind of cute so i was like oh yeah she she looks pretty cute i started talking with her and then i realized that she had dated this guy that i didn't like in high school it was like the weirdest connection where I was like, yeah, I'm not going to even try to talk to you anymore. Uh-huh. And she was, it was just kind of a weird conversation. Like, I feel like, I feel like I was talking to a rock almost. Like, I love that. Like, it was like no, no emotion. <laughs> like she was like, just talking about something dumb that I didn't care about. So oh. that sounded really rude, but no, I get you know, it. What, you know what I mean though? It's like, yeah. So anyway, I get kind of bored with talking with her and I see Rachel talking with one of my other friends that were at the party and I thought she was really pretty and luckily I I swooped in kind of started talking with my friend and Rachel at the same time and then that friend kind of slowly drifted away and it was just me and Rachel talking for the next hour and a half and just easy to talk yeah and from that point I just I feel like we just totally hit it off it was so easy to talk with her and and I really appreciated, you know, how intelligent and wise and um, just a, what a beautiful person she is. So, so that's where I knew that 
I, I think this might be something special. So, Thanks. so anyway, I started taking her on dates every weekend after that. And Every wait, weekend, wait, wait, like yeah, almost remember, literally every weekend. Yeah. I remember yeah. you being like, I really like this girl named Rachel. Yeah. And we were like, well, bring her to the house. And it took it and forever. We'll and we'll tell you if we like her or yeah. not. Yeah, but you so. skipped a part. What, what, <laughs> what part did I skip? I swear I said everything. No, the part where you got my number. Oh, yeah, yeah. you should tell that part. Yeah, no, it was cool because I almost left, like... <laughs> So Logan was talking with one of his friends just in the driveway of this house we were at. And it was just like, or it wasn't a friend. It was a guy he had just met at the party. And he was getting his phone number mm -hmm. because he wanted to do something. Well, it was like, I, just, I hadn't had any bros to hang yeah. out with. You know, it's um, not, it always sounds weird when she's like, he was getting a guy's phone number. I know. First. <laughs> like, no, I wasn't hitting yeah, on this I guy. I was standing there sheepishly next to Logan, watching him get some other guy's phone number. No. It sounds really bad. You're adjective but, you, sheepishly. Okay. <laughs> I was sheepishly distraught. Or, I don't even think distraught. that's yeah. distraught. distraught. That's it. Well, I was sheepishly distraught. Anyway. I had like followed him around the whole party. And <laughs> I felt really awkward when I didn't like when he wasn't asking for my number first. <laughs> so I went into the garage to go upstairs to some of the girls that were that had taken me to the party. And as I did, Logan asked, Oh Rachel, do you want to ride home? And I was like, uh I, I just had trust issues because <laughs> I just met this guy and he wanted to ask for a ride home. Anyways, I had or negative bias against some UVs. Anyways, that's changed. Yeah, a, a certain college that I was attending at the time. Yeah. She has certain bias towards well, I had. guys that attended that college. No, so. I don't. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so I went to ask the, like, one of my roommates, well, my roommates that were upstairs in the house first if it was okay that he took me home. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's a cool guy. And so then he asked if I wanted to ride home. I went into, like, the garage before the house. And as I was walking in, something, like, I felt some. It was just, like, this thought that just kept, like, coming to me, like, go back. Like, I needed to just go back and stand by him. <laughs> <laughs> like, behind him, like, hey. Yeah. Hey, I'm Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Sheepish Rachel. What's your name? <laughs> really but it was a cool feeling because I I was really awkward and not very outgoing. And so I wasn't like, anyways, it was just a cool gut feeling. And then I went back and that's when he asked if I wanted to ride home and he got my number too. He was like, oh, and Rachel, what's your phone number after he had gotten the guy's phone number? So I mixed up the order. My but bro, I mean... after I got my bro's phone number. Did you yeah. still talk to that guy? No. <laughs> I never even hung out with that guy. Oh shoot! What yeah. was his name? His name was Duncan. I still remember. He's because cool it was guy. really traumatic for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's how we met. Yeah, that's cool. When Luke asked for my number, we were like, <laughs> we were sitting around because we met at church, and that was the only time that we ever saw each other before oh. we started dating. So uh, we were all sitting around the bishop's office. A bunch of us just waiting and stuff and we were talking and I had to leave mm -hmm. and Luke goes oh hey can I have your number and I was in front of everyone and I was like sure <laughs> but then I got called in the bishop's office and I was like oh here I just put my number in and Luke goes and how he tells it is she gave like I gave him his phone back and he was like crap because he didn't know what my name was he had forgotten what my name was, so he was hoping oh I'd put it gosh. in there. So he, but I didn't. So he had, to, so he slyly was like, "Hey, how do you spell your name?" Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good one. So, <laughs> Luke. That's so cute. That guy. Okay, let's get back to why we're actually oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> so, in this episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about infertility, and that can be and is a very sensitive topic and i'm really grateful that logan and rachel have you know put themselves out there to be on this episode i'm very grateful for you guys you guys are really awesome and i love that you guys are being so open about it 
Yeah. So thank you. So no, thank you. Mm-hmm. But I'm just gonna ask you guys some questions, if that's okay. Some of them will be directed at you guys personally, and then just like generally. I'm gonna start with Rachel. Mm-hmm. How did you find out about the whole situation? Like, how did that? From your perspective, how did it all kind of go down for you? I know it's kind of a really broad yeah. question, which. I mean, I'm going to be asking you guys broad questions and then, like I told you before we started recording, interjecting for Mm -hmm. more specific ones. And you guys can be, you know, you don't have to go in like super in depth. Yeah. But, you know, you can. Because there will be follow-up questions. Yeah. That, or if you're just not comfortable, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Well, Logan and I, we were, (laughs) we haven't made a ton of money. And so, like, having kids wasn't really on our radar Mm -hmm. for a while just because we were wanting to save and work just for a lot of savings for a kid. Last February, Logan, well, I should say I (laughs) wasn't really Logan at first. Like I'm a very spiritual person like Riley is. We're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and Logan is as well. I should Way to go, Logan. <laughs> and Logan is also some side project yeah. that we've been working we on. We brought him into the fold. No, no. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> what happened was I was reading a statement from the prophet of the church, President Russell M. Nelson, and it said, like, when, I'm just summarizing, I don't know the specific words, but when God speaks, you need to listen. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to listen to his voice. And when I had read that statement, yeah, I, <laughs> it hit me really hard. Like, I needed, I had, I had um, received just some, like, spiritual, like, inspiration. Some, yeah, spiritual inspiration. That's good mm-hmm. to say in the past just that like that we would have like a baby girl like it was just like this baby girl kept coming into like my dreams or just like different spiritual experiences that I had that we would have this baby girl and I had kind of just been like oh yeah we'll have a baby girl in the future like that will happen sometime Mm -hmm. But I had ignored them just because we were so poor at the time. Yeah, babies are really expensive. Yeah. It's kind of weird. You don't yeah. really realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when I had felt what I felt back in February after reading that statement, it was like God was like, you need to start trying to have kids. Like, you need to. Um and it was just a very powerful experience that I just, I don't know how to explain in words. It was so powerful. Yeah. So um, I told Logan immediately after that, I was like, I'm getting, like I had an IUD in just from when we were first married. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, I'm going to, I scheduled a time to get it removed. We're going to start trying to have kids. And what did you say, Logan? Yeah. And I said, uh. <laughs> he was unsure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it took me a little it took me a little bit to also feel like that we should start having kids. I feel like when there's a spiritual component, you can't really force that on the other person. Yeah. You have to be like, "Hey, so I've had this impression, just letting you know I've had it." Yeah. And then that kind of gives the other person the avenue to start exploring that for themselves, yeah. you know. So yeah, I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. Which was hard because what I had felt was so powerful that I wanted him to, like, understand that we needed to try. Yeah. And and he was actually, like, he was willing to try. um, But he also, I just, I gave him the space to, like, let him pray about it and see if it was right for the time as well. Yeah. Just because he was nervous at first. Yeah. Yeah. That's really respectful of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Took me... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I handled it super well, but I felt like um, you wanted. If Rachel wanted to try and have kids, then I, I just felt like you're a very wise person. And I trust your judgment. So you know, it's not like I like gave up on life and I'm like, okay, whatever, we'll start having kids, I guess. But <laughs> but I but I did feel like you know I I trust your judgment a lot. So. That's kind of why I went with it for a little bit. And after a few months, I, f- I feel like I kind of gained my own, you know, feeling inside that, yeah, we need to try and have kids. And, yeah. and I had similar experiences where I had had a dream about 
having a little girl and mm-hmm. and I believe that God can speak to us through dreams like that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So for me it was something that I I feel like, you know, that's that's something that did it for me that made me want to be all in as well. So that's with cool. Kids. That's cool. You guys were actually there when Luke and I decided to start trying. You oh, two were yeah. there. Yeah, you. we were at Temple Square. Do you guys remember that two Christmases ago? I remember being in Temple Square two Christmases ago. Yeah, so we I were... I do remember you told me you were just going to start trying. Yeah, so like yeah. It, we went for the Temple Lights thing. It was like you guys, Lance, and your parents. And oh, all yeah, of us went. and Because we kind of went back and forth. I don't know if you guys ever felt this way in your marriage. But like there would be a time where I was like, Hey, Luke, we need to have kids. And Luke's like, mm, And then like right when he was like oh, let's have kids. I was like, mm. so we just, you know, yeah. kept going back and forth. And then we were finally on the same page at Temple Square. Mm-hmm. And so we sat on one of the benches and then mm-hmm. we looked at each other and we were oh. like, okay, it's time to start trying to have kids. <laughs> and then you two walked over and sat down and you guys were like, what are you talking about? And we were like, nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just so cool. Funny. No, it's just cool that you guys yeah. were you know, unknowingly part of the whole experience for us. Yeah. yeah. But so you felt like it was time to start trying to have mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. So then you guys started trying to have kids, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. The yeah. whole reason we're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I had just had an expectation that it would, because I had had that strong feeling that mm-hmm. we needed to try, then we would have a baby like instantly. Yeah, that's just kind of what I had expected. And I think my expectations just got in the way. Mm -hmm. And just every month after that was just harder and harder. And it was emotionally really challenging just (laughs) to have such high expectations and then have a period every month. And still, like it still hurts. But I've after we've like found more answers from doctors after like a year of trying then it doesn't hurt as much just because I feel like we're there's still hope and I always go back to thinking of like that dream of a baby that I had and I picture her face yeah it's really sweet just because it helps me like remember that I can have sorry (laughs) that we can have biological kids so yeah yeah that's okay. I've cried on this podcast too. So oh, good. You good. guys can all. You can. This is a very important note. I listen to all of these all of these okay. episodes. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not comparing myself to you. I'm Did just you? saying. I, too. I am one of the biggest fans of Trials and Tribulations, <laughs> and yes, I've listened to all of the in-depth stories about really giving is. birth. He tells, he tells me a lot about them. It makes me want to. It's worth it. Okay. For all you listeners, I will vouch for all of these awesome people on Trials and Trimesters. You should continue listening. Anyway. Thank you. Sorry. I appreciate yeah. that. No, you, it's, that's, no, that's your advertisement for the day. Yeah, right. Now give me five dollars. No, I we don't have five dollars. Okay. <laughs> so then Logan. When you guys started trying, what did you feel like the hardest part was for you before you went to doctors and everything? So, so let's kind of table the doctor part for now. Mm -hmm. So like when you guys were trying before that, what were you thinking and what were you feeling? I feel like, I think one of the hardest things, because I, obviously there's lots of emotions that are going through your head when you're thinking, could it be true that we're infertile or is there something wrong with one of us? And Mm -hmm what could be wrong. And I think the hardest thing for me was seeing Rachel month after month feeling sadder and sadder every month, you know, every time her period came and it was so hard for me to see that because, you know, it's, I, I think for any husband, it's hard to see your, your wife be sad and there's, it's hard to control, you know, her emotions because it makes sense to be sad about something like this. So it was hard for me to, to see that. And, um, and kind of all leading up to before we start going to fertility specialists, but kind of all leading up to it. Um, I guess it should be said that we initially were thinking that maybe it was something to do with Rachel 
yeah the fertility stuff and why it was so hard to have kids it is and kind why of we assumed. Hadn't gotten pregnant. Yeah. It's kind of assumed yeah. that it's the woman's Control fault. Yeah. yeah. Well, not fault. That was the wrong word. I apologize. Yeah. But it's like the women. It's like it is like the women's does, yeah. burden to yeah. be able to do that because I do mm-hmm. think like as a woman myself, mm-hmm. I felt like when things went wrong. So I had endometriosis before I had Ava, and I'm starting to get it back. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that Sorry, Luke. One of the things that is hard um, about endometriosis is it's really painful to have sex. And so I always felt like I was less of a wife and less of a, you know, whatever because of that. And it just, it's like kind of a cultural thing. Like you said, it's just like, well, it's my fault that he's not, you know, it's kind of, it's really upsetting and sad, but I can see like why culturally it's like that. But anyway, sorry, tangent. Your turn. No, <laughs> okay. no. I liked yeah, that tangent. I, I think it was just like a lot of stress I was going through, like just working and in social work field. Yeah. It's hard. And so I, I did put a lot of pressure on myself, like that okay, was I too stressed? Was I working out too much? Was I working out too little? Was I not eating right? Because my diet went down the drain with like stress and yeah, and so. and we were think and we were thinking kind of the whole time too, like we were just assuming it was Rachel, you know, it was on Rachel with the whole fertility thing, and we were thinking like, oh, it has to be her because like it's normally not the guy that has the issues, right? It's pretty low percentage. It's like I need to look. Is it's it? Like in the so. yeah, in yeah. in the world, it's like oh. five percent of men have oh, wow. infertility stuff, and oh. then in the U.S., it's like nine. Oh, okay. So it, it, I mean, statistically, then it mostly is woman I, I believe so. I mean, oh. I, I honestly haven't looked at. <laughs> Where is your site? Oh, I've, I've researched a lot. Oh, so yeah, we were just kind of assuming like, oh yeah, it's probably something simple to do with Rachel. And maybe if, if we are having issues, maybe we can see a specialist down the road. But yeah. And, and I guess another thing too, that I had a hard time with. So um, is also kind of in the culture of, of Utah. A lot of people get married pretty young, mm-hmm. you know, or when they're about 23, 24. And right off the bat, when they're first married, start having kids. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was getting harder and harder because we had friends that had been married at the same time as us. And or they earlier. were, or even, or even after. Or sorry, not earlier. After. Yeah, <laughs> or even they they had been married like a year after, or even like two years after that we had gotten married, and they were just they got pregnant like right off the bat, and it was really hard for us because we were thinking like, is there like, are we having sex correctly? Or <laughs> yeah. Is there is there something? Like, is there something that's wrong? Like, why aren't we getting pregnant? Yeah. And why, why is this not working? It's, it's supposed to like, yeah. everyone's supposed to have kids, right? That's, that's what's, that's honestly what's going through my head. Like mm-hmm. everyone like how, should be able to have how kids. How is it this hard when it, yeah. when people can do it on accident, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. On accident. and it almost, it almost seems like, Seems like unfair, you know. It's mm-hmm. like say on accident, so like, unplanned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like you know, unplanned pregnancies, and and it's it's hard to see, you know, when when people have kids and they're, you know, they're ungrateful to have their kids because they, you know, it wasn't planned and they didn't they didn't want to have a kid at that time. Mm-hmm. But there there really are people that want to have kids, but are unable to anyway. Yeah, we do the, anything to have a what, kid. Would do anything to have have their own biological child. Right. And it's it's just that those all those things were just kind of going through my head during the whole time leading up to um well and they still kind of do, but Yeah, I mean it, yeah, how could they like, not? It's not like we're over it, you know. Right, but, right. Anyway. And it's hard too because I felt like when I when we were living in Utah it was like when are you getting engaged? When are you getting engaged? Well, okay. Uh, when When's the date? When's the date? When's the date? Oh, okay. And now when are you going to have kids? And it's like, can you just back off? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of pressure, right? Like yeah. you're yeah. like, my life is not your life. 
when we get pregnant, we'll tell you, you know, yeah. when we get married, you'll get an invitation in the mail. Like, you don't mean <laughs> right. to keep asking, you know, I totally get that. And it gets really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm definitely guilty of, you know, asking you guys when you guys are going to have kids, you know, cause it's exciting, you know? Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> like it's like a normal, I think in family situations, it's a little bit different. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of the time you don't know what people are going through. Because, you know, what if you were having a bunch of miscarriages and I just kept being like, Rachel, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? And then you're like, I don't know. I keep having Mm -hmm. miscarriages. I can't tell you, you know, like things like that. Because I've known a lot of women that are like, I finally just had to tell my family like, I've had three miscarriages. Like I can't, you know? Mm -hmm. So when did you guys decide to start going to a doctor or like, did someone like, did your dads say like, Hey, maybe you should try to go seeing a specialist or something. Or is that kind of your guys's? Oh no. So right from the bat, like when I had removed my IUD, basically they just said like if if you're not able to get pregnant within a year then come back like oh. be sure to come back to this and that's so, really cool that yeah. they said that then mm-hmm. okay yeah because typically if everything's normal you know couples should be able to get pregnant within a year mm-hmm. and so so yeah we we came back after 12 months of trying and every cycle of mine is like shorter <laughs> okay so technically it, it wasn't like 12 months it was just 12 cycles? Yeah, 12 cycles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, we went, we just went to see like a nurse practitioner at the family practice that I was going to. Both of us went and then they referred us to a fertility center. So did they tell you, insurance. did the nurse practitioner tell you like, hey, I think you guys are infertile or how did that? Uh, and that sounds really crass when I say it like so, that. But yeah, so... And I'm going into medicine, so I can say this. Okay. <laughs> I mean. Just kidding. I don't know. No. Um, so we waited in in the actual room for like 45 minutes. And then the nurse practitioner comes in. And she basically talks to us for a few minutes. And she's like, hey, so you guys are having infertility problems. And we're like, yeah, we think that's what's going on. And then, <laughs> and then she asks, Rach, I, I forgot all the questions she asked. But she basically ended up saying, "Well, it's probably his problem, kind of." Oh wow! Like, like it's it's probably it's Aww. probably on him or something like that. And was, I was like, I was like, just like yeah. offended that she just assume it was my problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> the reason why he said that though is just because I was getting positive ovulation tests every month. Oh okay. So that that's normal like on my end like that's healthy to get positive ovulation oh tests. okay i've never taken an ovulation that's test okay. so i don't know like yeah, what okay. so what is it i don't really know. so it just I, shows you pee on it right ovul- yes <laughs> yes <laughs> so usually anything have to do with pregnancy you always pee or stick pee it. is so or important stick it in your pee <laughs> I was going to say stick it in your butt. And I was like, wow, okay. That would be a rectal thermometer. I know, that's why I was like. You can see how hot your butt is. I did. And then it tells you if you can have a baby. (laughs) It's usually like around day 14 of your cycle or, you know, you just like start tracking it in apps of just like when, when your peak LH surges. So when you get an LH surge, which is from the ovulation test then you're going to ovulate between 24 to 48 hours after that. So do you pee on it every day? You would not like every day of the month, but maybe like a week after your period ah, ends. Oh, okay. So like, cause I have uh, like a period tracking app yeah. and it says like, did you take an ovulation test today? And I'm like, no. Oh, and then so, yeah. okay. So that makes sense. So it's around like, yeah, you know, like there's an ovulation window. Right. You could t- test during that window. And then once it, is like two lines of the same color or one is like darker then that means you're ovulating soon and you should have intercourse like intercourse that's very specific it tells us when to have sex yeah so anyway we can't we, decide for ourselves we did it all scientifically <laughs> it says you have to have sex on wednesday like, the 27th 6 3 p.m no. <laughs> But it, it's hard because life happens. Like, yeah. you're not going to be able, like, 
You can't not, be like, hey, can't boss, on the same page I really got to have sex with my husband right now. Sorry, yeah, I can't exactly. do this. Or you're yeah. sick. Or yeah. yeah. COVID or something. Oh, shoot. COVID or something. I'll be sick for the next two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to increase my chances of being of getting pregnant. Yeah. Because you wouldn't get fired for that. <laughs> I mean, in Utah, you probably wouldn't. But. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so the nurse practitioner came in and said it's Logan's problem. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Just because I was ovulating yeah. regularly. Okay. My yeah, yeah. She she made sure, like, if, if it sounded like things are pretty normal with Rachel, she asked, like, two or three questions. Well, about, we had to fill out, like, a form. Yeah, we'll fill out yeah, some form bit. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and then she kind of just assumed that maybe it was my fault or whatever. So, and then she just referred us to... very personally. Yeah, I, 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 I would have taken it personally. I, I did yeah. take it personally, but if she would have assumed it was Rachel, then I'm, I sh- I'm sure Rachel would have taken it personally. So it's just something that's like you don't want... You don't want, you don't want to someone that. to think that it's... Your, it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. When it's no one's fault. And then we had our first appointment a few weeks after. With an OBGYN. With an OBGYN. With an actual OBGYN. Yeah, that specializes in fertility. Oh, okay. So tell me about that first appointment then, from your perspective, Logan. Yeah, Yeah, so the first visit was basically a consultation where, and it was over video. Mm -hmm. So we we weren't actually in his office, but he just asked us a bunch of questions. I mean, it, it started out with, he said, how can I help you guys today? And we said, oh, I like that. Yeah. And and we said, we think we're infertile because we've been trying for a year and a half. And that's the definition of infertile. Is it's over try a, is a try a year. And oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. You haven't gotten pregnant. That's the scientific definition of being considered infertile. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So he asked us, you know, some questions that had to do with that. And I liked how he the whole time kept it super open and he said, what questions you guys have? Like what? That's really cool. What things are you guys wondering? How can I help? And I think Rachel came totally prepared to that. I was not even prepared to ask any questions. I was just like, you know, just tell us what to do and we'll do it. Yeah, because usually doctor's appointments, it's like, this is what it is. This is what you need to do. This is what I need from you. But that's really cool. But I like that this doctor enabled autonomy. Mm-hmm. for us you know mm-hmm. yeah so rachel asked lots of questions that i i feel like had been burning questions for her for the <laughs> whole time yeah you know during our process leading up to that point and and he talked to us about all the options that we had some of the um options are first we need to figure out if you know it's it's something to do with uh the, the guy male. the male yeah. And if that's not the case, then we can figure out if something to do with the female. And he said, usually things with the male are a little simpler to deal yeah, with. Yeah, I was going to say, I can us. imagine. Yeah, because yeah, it's literally only the sperm it's, that it's you have like, to worry Yeah, about, I mean, yeah. literally all guys do is they create sperm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Females have, like, they have all these hormones that, like, have to maintain their uterus yeah. and, like, keep yeah. the uterus ready. Even, like, during your period, it's, like, insanity. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so women go through a lot, and I tip my hat to all women. Yeah. <laughs> That was an invisible hat sound. I thought you were going to do it with your glasses. Oh, but. I tip my glasses to it's all very nice, it's, very nice. I just tipped my glasses. <laughs> anyway, so he talked just about all our options, you know. Um, he said for the guy, one thing we can do is something called a semen analysis. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically we just, you know, just leave a sample of semen in the cup. Uh, their lab kind of looks, looks it over with like a microscope. And they literally, all their job is just to find swimming sperm on the slide like on the microscope mm-hmm. that was, so the consultation was all that he just explained to us all the options we have and he talked about some procedures that they could do for the female if there's like blood that's blocking the passageway from the fallopian tubes to like the body of the uterus oh okay so he just explained us all these different procedures and all our options and we really liked that and we wrote them down I don't remember most of them. Oh, I mean, I imagine it's literally just one 
or two procedures for men, and then it's like 500 yeah, for it's, women. Yeah, it's like a thousand. There's something called like an HSG for females where they like wash out the uterus with ah no with like some saline solution or something. But yeah, to, like clean that. to like clean it out. To like you blocked it out. And then, and then they have like an ultrasound thing um, to like break things up or something. I think it's to to like help them see like if there's oh, any blockages. Oh, like actual or, ultrasound. It's um, written down somewhere, but it's written down somewhere. Yeah, there's tons Maybe of things we'll they can do for the female, but there's like only like one or two things they can do for the guy. So what they did was they started with me, and we felt like that was the best option. Was that weird? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because like I feel like that's such a weird thing, like. Because, I mean, is. it's weird enough to go so, in and be like, pee in this cup, yeah, you know, and yeah. give it. Yeah. Oh, but you could do it from home, which yeah. is nice. It's, like, oh, it's that's awkward. Nice. You just have yeah. to bring it it's, in. Like, it's really awkward. So they so <laughs> <laughs> they give you the option to just le- do the like sample. Intercourse. <laughs> just have intercourse. Okay, I was going to say, can you just, like, have sex? And yes. then, like, okay, yes. that's way easier and less yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> But I actually, they they first gave me the option. They said, so you can just do the sample here at our clinic, just in one of the bathrooms. <laughs> and yeah, through masturbation. It's and not really what and my in. initial right. my initial thought is I don't like I I personally prefer not to masturbate because yeah, of our religious beliefs. Yeah, it's it's tied to many things. One of which is our religious beliefs. We believe that sexual um, feelings should be shared just with your partner. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I feel that. So I, I did not want to do that, and I feel like that's weird. So I feel like that would be like weird as like the employee, like, "Hey, just going to this bathroom. We all yeah. know what you're doing." I know. <laughs> Everyone's just like watching. Yeah, it's like, like mm, what's he gonna like, do? Is that, hasn't that guy been in there for like 15 minutes? <laughs> like, you know, I feel like it was I know. Really weird. I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. So they they also another option was I could take the sample cup home. And what I what I first did for the first test was I wanted to get they let you use like a special condom oh. that you can use and you can, you know, have sex with your partner and um, you'd be able to just kind of have a little bit of the sample that was kind of left in the condom and you just uh, dump it in like a sample cup and you just bring it back to them within an hour and the lab runs it and we got our results back within 30 minutes too. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, So it was really fast. That's really nice. I mean again guy male anatomy is so simple. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All they have to do is look for swimming sperm. Yeah. That's it. That, that's all they do. Yeah. And it's an expensive thing. Anyway. It's expensive? I mean, it's... Um, it's if like, your insurance doesn't cover yeah, it. It's like it's like 70 something. Well, it's like 75 oh. or $80. Oh, I thought you but meant it was like, like thousands. But I mean, like, literally all you're doing is using a microscope. That's true. It's like... Anyway, so we get the first result back. And that result showed that I they only found one swimming sperm on the entire slide. And they did... Three different samples. Oh, to like to make sure. To make sure. Okay. So question real quick. Mm -hmm. So when you say one swimmer, does that mean that you only had one sperm in the whole thing? Or there were sperm in there, but only one of them was moving? They they said that they only found one sperm. Oh, okay. And that whole sample that was given. And they had taken like three different samples from that one big sample. Yeah. There was only one. Out of like, there's supposed to be forty. There's, oh, wow. there's supposed um, to be like, normal, yeah. Count there's a way they like count the density of the sperm. I don't know like how that all goes, uh-huh. but it's you. It's a normal number to have like you know forty or so that they can count. Gotcha. On like yeah. a single slide, and then we found like one, and this, and that one that was swimming was like. Kind of like a slower, like a half paralyzed seal, I guess. Like, <laughs> uh, 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 okay, okay. So it was, it wasn't like it like wasn't. The flagella wasn't yeah. moving like crazy. Yeah, I, I should just use biology words. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the tail of the sperm is not moving like it yes, should. Like it should. It was, it was moving very slow, and that was basically their comment. And and they recommended from that point, based on the result, that I should just do one more sample. So, just in case it was like a fluke or yeah, something. Yeah, in, in case it yeah. was a fluke, um, the it? doctor the doctor initially thought that you know sometimes at least with the first 
initial sample. Um, um, if you're like extra stressed or nervous, mm. it actually can mess with how much sperm you have in your semen volume. Yeah, so, yeah. So he, th he thought that, that maybe I was just extra nervous or something. I should just do another sample. So we do a second one and long story short, they actually didn't find any sperm at all. They did three different slides of samples of my semen and didn't find any sperm. So from that point, we were, it was basically recommended that we meet with the doctor one more time. Okay. So this the same our, doctor? Same doctor. Yeah. So this would be our second visit after we had done two samples of semen analysis. Mm -hmm. And then Logan, it was recommended that he do blood work for any genetic disorders. So this is the, now the second visit yeah, that we have with the doctor. Visit. So, no, so you had the second visit already? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So she was talking about some of the second visit. So, okay. So you had those, those meetings with the doctor and then you did the samples and everything. So how are you feeling, Rachel? after uh, Logan's second sample came back with no sperm. I was really sad and, and like shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Just cause I had no idea it had anything to do with like his random genetics of his body. <laughs> and also I was just sad that he was beating himself up about it because he was like grieving. Like it was like he was finally grieving for the first time throughout our whole process, even though he would grieve with me every time my period came, like he finally- He had his yeah, own personal hit grief. His own wall. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, so that made me sad to see that. But I think like, you know, the selfish part of me was like relieved that it wasn't just me. Like, yeah, definitely. It was a shared- I think that's normal. I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that that's normal to feel yeah. relief. And you shouldn't feel bad about that yeah, just because, that's true. you know, it's, it's okay to feel mm -hmm. relieved because it's like, oh, well, and we have not, answers. Yeah. yeah. And you have answers and like, I obviously not putting the blame on Logan at all. Cause obviously it's not your fault at all, right. but it is good to give yourself some grace mm -hmm. about the whole thing. And same with you, Logan, like, obviously it's not like you're like a, cocaine addict and then you're trying to have kids and then you're like oh shoot how'd the cocaine a, ruined you know my body a, you know yeah. you, you know a cocaine <laughs> yeah you just look it <laughs> it's just like yeah and that's hard and it's hard too like you know like i know your siblings have kids and then obviously logan your siblings have kids mm -hmm. so that would be hard too yeah. you know when you're trying to kind of fit into the the growing mold of your families you know yeah it's definitely hard oh yeah I think Logan especially just because there's been a lot of kids in his family. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much mine, but. Your family basically lives in like a five mile radius of each other. So it's hard not to, oh, yeah. you know, see, see each them. other all the time and yeah. everything. So that would be yeah. hard. You're mm -hmm. welcome that we live here. So you don't Thank have to be <laughs> Just kidding. So do you want to talk about your second visit, Logan? So in the second visit was this this visit was in person with oh, nice. with our doctor and uh, same same kind of thing as before he we sit down in his office and he asks us so how can I help you guys today we basically wanted to ask him about the results of the semen analysis with the low sperm count and we wanted to know what are our hey what are our next steps what can we do um, what do you what do you advise and we ask a few questions back and forth. Uh, we essentially leave that visit with, he says, and he recommended that we get some blood work on me. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things is an, he wanted to test the SRY gene, which is uh, a gene that has to do with, you know, being able to create sperm as a male. And it's, it's a gene that specifically sits on your Y chromosome. So that's one thing that we tested in my blood work. Mm -hmm. Another thing they did was test for a myriad of genetic diseases, and it's actually called a myriad, so that's why I use that word. <laughs> I'm not that smart, so I have to. <laughs> I wouldn't have used the word myriad. I would have used lots. <laughs> it was mucho dinero. <laughs> so there's the myriad that we did that tests for like 176 genetic disorders. Wow. 
Oh, and then just other things like testosterone levels and just things in your normal things in your blood that might be able to tell them, you know, if this level's low, then it means this and this is how we can treat it. So, oh, okay. And I just got my results back yesterday. Everything was normal, except uh, they found out I'm a carrier for one genetic disease that's called what is it called? This this <laughs> this for no up this this for this for oh just ferlinopathy. Okay. Yeah, just just ferlinopathy. Okay. <laughs> you You're to, looking at me like I know what it no, is. You have don't. to edit that part out. <laughs> no, we won't. The illness is called <laughs> the illness is called dysferlinopathy. Essentially, something that's like muscular dystrophy. Oh wow. It's kind of related to it a little bit. Like the umbrella term. It's 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 muscle. yeah. Like it's a muscular I'm, disease. Yes, it's a muscular disease like that causes muscular weakness in certain parts of your body. Okay. So dysferlin is essentially a protein that helps rebuild muscle. Oh, okay. So when you have just something in the umbrella term of dysferlinopathy, you have a decreased amount of dysferlin which is that protein. Oh, okay. So you're just a carrier, so you don't have that. Yes. So I'm a carrier, so I do not have that. Okay. So if I were, I have to get tested, and if I'm a carrier too, then it's likely that 25%? Then maybe 25% of our kids would have that disease illness. So, so if she's not a carrier, if she's it goes not a carrier, down? Yeah. If yeah. she's not a carrier, then I can only pass on that gene to my kids and they will be carriers. Oh, but yeah. but they won't. Okay. But they won't okay. have it. So if she's not a carrier, it's impossible. Well, genetics is messed up, but <laughs> but it's it's way less likely than 25% of your kids yeah. to have this yeah. disease. But okay. I mean, they they shouldn't be able to have it if she's not a carrier. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Okay. She's not a carrier. Did I say that? Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. He has. We have a scheduled appointment with a urologist, which is oh. uh, specializes in male reproduction. Oh, one thing I should so. mention is that the dysferlinopathy, as it like me being a carrier, doesn't have anything to do with my infertility. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so it's yeah. it's just it's, it's just, just something fun that fact. They found. It's just fun fact. It's like, hey, oh. by the way, you're a carrier. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, so, that's, so how does that make you feel? I mean, it's uh, we still don't have answers. Right. I've always, as a kid, I've always wondered what <laughs> you know, what illnesses do I have or do yeah. I want to carry for? You know. Yes. Am as I, a five-year-old, yeah. I was like, "What kind of carrier am I?" <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Well, Glad you can relate. The reason why he was tested for that is just because it's like they're prepping us for. IVF, vitro okay. fertilization. So okay. just because his sperm count is so low that it's just like pretty unlikely that we can get pregnant on our own without without help. the help. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's an expensive route, but we're gonna get help financially. Well, hopefully, get help financially, and talk with our urologist to make sure it's like the right, yeah, the right path, like the final thing that we can try. After all that blood work mm -hmm. was done, um, and I found out that I'm a carrier for that random, super rare genetic genetic disease, the um, ROB fertility specialist basically just wanted to refer us to a urologist. So the urologist that specializes in male fertility mm -hmm. and everything male repro and some female stuff that's like oh. has to do with bladder. Oh, that it, makes like sense. Like uro, mm -hmm. yeah, urology. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, we're we have yet to meet with the urologist. But, okay. Um, so that's kind of where we're at yeah. right now. Gonna meet with him. We're still waiting to see. I mean, we're in kind of the middle of everything. Still waiting to see like what actually is going on. Like why, why can't my body make sperm? Mm -hmm. You know. So that's kind of where we're at. Well, that's it's kind of nice that you guys have aunt like. I feel like you're halfway there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really great. And I'm glad mm -hmm. that you guys found such an, an incredible OB. He sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's great. And this process, like, it does take a long time. So, yeah. Seriously, like, it's just kind of opened my eyes to how many people who are struggling with infertility, like, just 
how long they have to wait for appointments and like tests and results and just yeah. like that whole process because it's different for everyone but yeah it's definitely not easy to like you know to just keep getting pushed off and then it's like okay so you can't get pregnant immediately is what I'm saying like it's a yeah long process yeah mm-hmm. so what would what's something that you wish you would have known before starting this whole process Rachel um, or you wish someone could have said to you to make you feel better? That's a good question. <laughs> so the reason why it's hard is just because I've heard a lot, like a lot of people have told me things that have been nice. A lot of people have like even mourned with me, which I think is incredible, including Logan. <laughs> yeah, um, that is. But I think something that I wish I would have known is just to kind of like be open-minded about it taking a long time Mm -hmm. just because like I just had high expectations that like I could that we could get pregnant easily like my parents did his parents did well my parents kind of did (laughs) but um and so that played a part into it but I think I wish I would have known like that every couple is very different God's timing is perfect but sometimes we don't see it like Mm-hmm. how he sees it like our our expectations our, yeah, are wrong. expectations are wrong or limited and looking back logan and i it was perfect timing that god kind of like had chastised me and said look i've told you all the, i've shown you basically all of these different warning signs of you needing to start trying to have kids like i've given you all this personal revelation why haven't you started yet and Mm -hmm. like it was perfect timing for me to like feel like that we needed to start trying just because if we hadn't started that early then we wouldn't have like we wouldn't have had kids until we were a lot you know older yeah (laughs) it could be worse it's hard to I will say it's really hard to have kids when you're in professional school yeah and it's really easy to be like oh well we're really busy so let's just have kids when we're both graduated but yeah. like you sh- you know so mm-hmm. i totally get it yeah. yeah yeah what about you logan so one thing that i wish i would have known at the start of all this or that someone would have told me earlier on is that infertility is nobody's fault it uh, i blamed myself for for being in considered infertile, for not being able to make enough sperm to be able to conceive. I blame myself. And when I, you know, when we did that first sample of the semen analysis and I felt like, you know, why have, like, have I done something wrong or what, what did I do? And we've kind of gone through this together. I'm learning that it really is nobody's fault. On top of that, with it being nobody's fault, and you shouldn't blame yourself. Infertility is something that's not a personal individual thing. It's something that you go through as a couple mm-hmm. too. Even though this is uh, my, our infertility has to do with me, it's not just my problem. It's Rachel's problem. It's our problem. And knowing that and knowing that Rachel is on my side has comforted me and helped me feel like I can keep going and keep trying. It's really something special when you can go through this type of hardship or trial with someone that you really care about because you know that they're in it to Mm -hmm. continue supporting you. Mm -hmm. And it makes me want to stay in it and keep helping her and comforting her as well. That's awesome. What's been your biggest pet peeve? Like, uh, have you guys told a lot of people about this? Uh, mainly just family. Okay. So, family so, and just we have two uh, couple friends. Yeah. Friends. So have, has anyone done anything where you're like, why would you do that? Or why would you say that? I think it's more like acquaintances than anyone. Like, that just don't know us very well. Mm-hmm. That are like, oh, are you guys going to have kids? And it's like, yeah, we want them. Like. It's just that question, like, are you going to have kids? Or, like, they'll think of how long we've been married, like, <laughs> almost three years, which isn't even that long. It but, really isn't that yeah, long at all. Yeah, it's not. 
And so, you know, they'll just say like, oh, okay, it's like, it's about time. And, and they don't mean, they don't mean to offend us in any way because they don't know what we're going through, right? They're just more of like acquaintances, but that has just been hard for me. Yeah, that'd yeah. be hard. It's so interesting that like, if someone doesn't want to have kids, that they automatically become selfish. Mm-hmm. But it's like, maybe I wouldn't be a good mom. Or maybe I wouldn't be a good dad, yeah. you know, like that's just, or we're, we don't live the type of lifestyle that kids could thrive in. So why mm-hmm. would you bring kids into a situation where they're not going to thrive? You know what I yeah. mean? I just, I don't get that. If you don't want to have kids and don't yeah. have kids, that's fine. You know, like yeah. I, I have a lot of friends that are married and have been married for a while and they're just like never really wanted kids. And it's like, Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, gotta respect each couple's desires. I think a lot of people also like, and this was including myself, but they place a lot of worth on being a parent just because I think just like as our culture, yes, especially religious culture too, we value families so much. And so I think it's easy to just place a lot of pressure on yourself if you're not able to like become a parent, then your worth somehow decreases. But it right. doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I was actually talking to so for those of you that don't know the Mormon religion at all, <laughs> I'm, you know, young women's president. So mm-hmm. I'm over the eleven to eighteen year old girls at my in my congregation and they were asking me a bunch of questions about like modesty and stuff. This is modesty Mm -hmm. and having kids are totally different. But one of the things I told them was that God really only looks at the intent of your heart. And if God can see, like God knows, like Mm -hmm. they really want to have kids and that's enough. Yeah. You know, and I have a lot of things to say about the culture in Utah. But a lot of the things that I think really are so important are the intents that no one can see, especially like the intents of your heart mm-hmm. and the ones that you just go to Heavenly Father with, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and family is one of them. Yeah. You should not talk. And I mean, if you do, great. But you shouldn't talk about having kids to anybody except your spouse because it's like, Meaning that's not like I'm going to go to my mom and be like, hey, mom, like, I, you know, should Luke and I start trying to have kids? You know, that has nothing to do with her. Sometimes in the Utah communities, it becomes a community decision. Yeah. You know, like. Like a popularity thing. Right. right. Like, oh, like, Cindy has four kids. I need to have four kids because she has the perfect life. You know, it's yeah. just like comparisons. Comparisons. Is there anything else you guys want to say before we kind of sign off? Yeah. <laughs> I think just like this whole experience, although it hasn't really like given me what I thought I wanted, it has given me what I needed, which was like closer relationship with Logan Mm -hmm. and I think like I would never take that back and also just like I think it helps both of us just like be grateful for like one day we will be able to have a kid and so or we hope but helps us like recognize that like we're we're not going to take that child for granted and and I I don't know it it just is like becoming more gratifying like the harder this challenge is then the more worth it a child will be for us yeah what have you learned huh? something pretty similar uh i just really hope that i guess our story can help some people and i really want anyone listening if you currently struggle with infertility or maybe you have a hunch that there's something going on with infertility just know that it's not your fault and and know also that I personally feel that, at least for me and Rachel, this type of struggle or um, trial that we're currently going through, I feel like that we needed this for each other. I feel like we needed this, you know, to, to come closer together. Maybe it's hard to see that it's while you're in the trial, maybe it's hard to see that see it that way, that it's something that you need for your life. But um, I do promise you that any hard thing you go through, whether it's infertility or 
anything in your life, it's, uh, it's something that you can probably find out later on that it's something that you needed for your life. So that's how I feel. And mm-hmm. well, thank you guys for being on. Yeah, we, so. we want to, you know, have every, everyone have a voice because obviously the three of us are moms on the podcast. Otherwise it wouldn't make sense if one of us wasn't. So, yeah. you know, we yeah. are on a totally different path than what you guys are, but what you guys are going through is completely valid and every everything that you feel is completely valid. And so we want to give voice to to your story because I think it's pretty incredible where you guys are at. Thank and you. you'll have to keep me updated so I can update, you know, everybody else as we keep going. Okay. Um cuz obviously you guys are part of the pod fam now, so. Logan's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the best day of my life. This is the best day of my life. Thank <laughs> you for the opportunity. I love trials and trimesters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a part of it was I, I was kind of hoping that this would be somewhat therapeutic for you guys to be able to kind of voice it to other people. But when I talked about my birth story, mm-hmm. it was very therapeutic for me because I was able to cry about it because I haven't really – processed it at all so again thank you guys so much and thanks you guys for listening and we hope to see you next time support for trials and trimesters comes from you guys go ahead and hit us with that triple threat of like subscribe and review if you should feel like it follow us on instagram at trials and trimesters and tell us what you want to hear either slide into our dms or send us an email at trials and trimesters at gmail.com This meeting is adjourned. See you next time.